Your favorite ball club does not have the worst record in baseball. It also does not have the worst record in the NL Central. In fact, there are two teams below them in the divisional standings, the Cubs and the Reds. But your favorite ball club also loses all the time to the Cubs and the Reds. And your favorite ball club is tied with the Reds for the worst run differential in the sport. And you know what? That kind of stinks. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. Cubs 9, Pirates 0 last night at Wrigley Field. And it was actually worse than that. Because between Dylan Peters and Bryce Wilson... They gave up eight runs in the first inning. There's a disappointment factor that compounds that feeling because Peters had been so good even when Derek Shelton had bumped him to the front of a game. And it looked like maybe it still does, but that he could be part of the solution even if it meant in a piggyback role. As it is, you know, I mean... That's pretty rough. And then for Wilson to come out there, even though Wilson was slated to do piggyback all along and to just dump fuel onto the fire, presumably just because he's pitching in the first inning and he can't handle doing that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. And it keeps bringing me back to the same subject. It really does which is who's getting better, not just pitchers, not just pitchers. Who's getting better at the plate? This is now two full games in a row the Pirates have played where they combined, combined for three hits against the Reds and the Cubs in that order. That's, I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, look, I'm not being a dope here and, you know, suggesting that I had some kind of delusion that this team was going to contend in 2022, like as in for anything at all. But the thing you keep coming back to is what the front office and the on-field management staff both have been pounding through the offseason, through spring training, and into the regular season, which is to get better. They even dubbed their winter and spring workouts in Bradenton the Get Better at Baseball program. And it was done somewhat with tongue-in-cheek. And it is, you know, it's kind of simple and cute and funny. But it hasn't happened anywhere. It hasn't happened in Pittsburgh It really hasn't happened that much in the minor leagues. If you look at who some of their key prospects are, you're not seeing some, you know, big jumps that make you think, whoa, they've really unlocked something in this very talented youngster. And in Pittsburgh, this team that a year ago at this time was 14 and 21 is now 15 and 20. Is that your improvement? Is that you're getting better? 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. I know that there are listeners who feel that this subject is kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to say unfair in particular to Maureen or even to Andy Haynes, the hitting coach, who is so new that it's really hard to judge anything that he's done, but that because I repeat it as often as I do and as forcefully as I do, that I'm somehow uh, picking on these individuals, particularly Maureen. And all I ask in this scenario is to show me something, anything, not hope, not words. Show me a pitcher getting better. Show me one pitcher, preferably an important pitcher like Mitch Keller, getting better. But when you go through a winter in which Keller has to go to some outside entity to uncover the 100-mile-an-hour fastball that he had as a kid, and he still has that. They haven't knocked that out of him yet. And you have legitimate excitement, very real, not trumped up, but very real excitement in Bradenton. I was down there for it. I could feel it. These Everybody, players, coaches, and everything, can't wait to see Mitch pitch again. And then Mitch goes out there and just keeps pitching the way he always has. There have been no answers, no solutions. Want to blame Mitch for that? Go nuts. There's always blame to spread in a team sport. A lot of that absolutely has to be on Mitch. But if the pitching coaches have a guy who can throw 100 miles an hour, who has a full arsenal of other pitches, and not exactly like soul-crushing command, you know, like Mitch isn't spraying the ball. How and why is it that this pitcher can't get better at baseball? How is it that the only individual on the pitching staff, and right now it's a one, number one, out of that entire group who's even stayed steady is David Bednar. And the only one for whom you could make a case for improvement, year-over-year improvement, is Will Crow. Neither of these is a starter. Not one starter has improved under Marine. And while I'm at it, I'm not seeing hitters improve. I will give Haynes the benefit of the doubt. He is really new to the Pirates, just having been hired in December. But every single sign we see, whether it's wins and losses, whether it's the number of blowouts, including by the Cubs and the Reds, what's getting better? Who's getting better? Who's responsible for that? When we come back, just one question.
Welcome back. Time for today's J1Q, and it comes from Brian Stein, who asks, We have been talking for a while about how Oscar Marine is not seeming to work out. Personally, I don't think we talk enough about Andy Haynes. He failed in Milwaukee with Christian Yelich and company. Can he really cut it here? Am I wrong with this small sample size? I don't think he's it. Well, Ryan, neither did the Brewers. You know, the Brewers are a team that entered the playoffs last year with reasonably high hopes, given the caliber of their pitching staff, particularly their starters and, of course, the closer, Josh Hader. And they thought they had something. And they didn't hit worth a lick. And Yelich, because of the money that he makes and the long-term deal that he has with the Brewers, and they're not exactly a team that can afford to make mistakes of that magnitude, was the one that really ended up getting Haynes canned. Because if he couldn't unlock their most important hitter, not to mention the one to whom they've committed the most resources, then what good was he? You know, let's give someone else a chance. Now, I've also heard, and this was from the last trip that I made up to Milwaukee about a month ago, there are a lot of people associated with the Brewers who wished that Haynes hadn't been fired, who really liked the work that he did there. And, you know, Brian, this is where some of these conversations can stray into the the relationships that get formed and the warm and fuzzy that ends up emanating from guys who really work hard and who are there every day and the first ones in the office and all that other stuff. And I do get the sense very much within the Pirates world that they're really big on this. I know for a fact that Shelton is. He looks around at his coaching staff and he sees how hard they're working. And I don't doubt for a second that they are. But you have to have results from somebody, anybody. And you're not allowed to look at Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, or David Bednar, in particular Bednar since he was formed somewhere else. And Hayes and Reynolds were really established commodities before this group got here. But out of all these other players who are here, even just to give you an example here of how exasperating this is, here's Yoshi Tsutsugo, who's 30 years old. And, and I know that when he came over from Japan, that he struggled immensely with both the Rays and then the Dodgers. It wasn't until he was sent to the Dodgers minor league system, if you're familiar with his backstory, that he was really able to find his swing. So by the time the Pirates plucked him away, they did so out of the L.A. system. And he came right to Pittsburgh without a chance for anybody to screw him up. And he was Babe Ruth. Well, now he's been here a while, and he's right back to being what he was at the outset of the 2021 season with Tampa Bay. He's nothing. He doesn't do anything. Not only does he not hit for power, he doesn't hit. These examples are up, down, and sideways through this organization, and it is the exact opposite of what Bob Nutting himself had said that he wanted when he put these guys in charge. He wanted to stop seeing the day 
that a player only gets good when he leaves Pittsburgh. I could throw the Chad Cool comparison into this, but I need to see a lot more of what Cool's done in Denver in order to believe that he's made some kind of turnaround. But already, Cool's been better for the Rockies than he was for the Pirates ever since returning from Tommy John. Coincidence? Maturity? uh, More confidence in the health of the elbow? I have no idea. All I know is that results are happening somewhere else, and they aren't happening in Pittsburgh. And that is not a problem. That is the problem. The Pirates are in a crappy division ahead of two crappy teams who pound them regularly. This is emblematic of the problem. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. I'm not sure I answered the question. Anyway, anyway, I'll try harder tomorrow.